At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is AJ Brown, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Go to Underdog Fantasy now. Sign up for Best Ball Mania. $10 million prize pool that they just announced. $2 million up top. Uh, you can get four free entries, so $100 free with uh, 100%, 100% deposit bonus up to possibly make $2 million. Joining us today, a true legend of the industry. He's in every uh, fantasy football Hall of Fame that there is. I, I'm pr- pretty sure. Uh, you know him from Sirius X and Fantasy. You've heard him here on the podcast. You've heard us on his show, him on our show. He is the legend himself in the flesh, Bob Harris, at Football Die Hard of Football Diehards. Bob, so great to see you, brother. Thanks again for coming on. Now it's good to see you again. Thank you for coming on the uh, series draft coverage and carrying me through the final post uh, draft uh, portion of the uh, entertainment that evening. It was a great job. Did, did you have to do the whole like? Did you were you there on the panel for the whole draft and I then had to stick around last couple hours and then stuck around? Uh, you know, so you know, kind of in and out during the first portion of it. Then did the, just the final wrap up and uh, and was fortunate to have. Uh, some people on who knew what they were talking about. Like, you know, the rookie thing, I mean, you know, there's a cottage industry out there. You're a part of it. I mean, watching rookies is a business unto itself. And and I don't spend a lot of time during the season watching college football because I'm watching NFL football. That's my job. So I am I get pretty much in a race to try to play catch up. And you know, we were talking a little bit before we went live here. You know, it's this, the, you know, the NFL draft I, for fantasy purposes for me is the green flag. I mean, the race is on. The, everyone has a helmet. The and I know I can I can start doing a better job. You know, I mean, I've been reading up and following along all the people who do that kind of work, you guys and everyone, you know, telling me what to expect from these guys and what their skill sets are and how they fit with various schemes. Now we have them matched with schemes and coaching staffs, levels of competition, all these things that, you know, that we need to make our final assessments. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've done those panels together at the at the draft for Sirius and um, I, I know what it's like to have to go. I mean, God, those that day three one that one day in Nashville. Do you remember that thing? Oh, yeah. The seven hour behemoth. I just I can't imagine going through even even doing half of something like that and then having to do a recap show afterwards. So, yeah, I mean, hats off to 
Hats off to Bob and always, always love Bob's takes during the draft, even if – and I think you're underselling your, yourself about the rookies. Wow. You, you, you know about these guys. And, and, right. and the most important thing is you've been getting ready for these magazines where you've been doing the team previews where it's right. like you have the depth charts completely down. You, can you just let the people know before we get started what's going on with the Mac – with the magazines and stuff. I mean, people don't, people think about football diehards as a website. That's where most of the, everything lives, of course, but you guys still, like, I find this fascinating. Every time you're on, I just want to ask you about it. Like you guys still do the magazines. Yeah. So, like, magazine, how does, like, how does, how does this all work? Because with me, I'm just like, man, the, I feel like the minute I put out a magazine, it's like somebody's going to get hurt. And my yeah, old rankings are they are shift, so like yes, all of that. Oh, you know, so you treat it like a snapshot in time. And by the way, there's five of them. The Pro Forecast. This will be the 33rd year consecutive year of publication Man. for that magazine. Uh, and we've added others since the Draft Book, very popular. Uh, Cheese Magazine, also pretty popular. Football Diehards Magazine. So, and then we do a second edition of the Pro Forecast for, to kind of help mitigate some of the things you just mentioned. But in general, I mean, you you know. When you're doing articles and you're choosing articles and assigning them, you're trying to do evergreen and you're trying to focus on strategies and approaches. And I mean, you have to include players, though. That's part of the deal. Right. So, yes, it is a snapshot in time. And, you know, but again, this is like the 30 plus year of doing this. We've kind of learned how to, you know, work around some of those things or, or just, you know, you just acknowledge them. And, and, and what we've done is we use the website. And so when somebody buys a magazine, they get access to the website right so it's basically an extension of the magazine a living extension that carries you right up through all your drafts and into the season uh and provides you all the updated information you could possibly need so that doesn't mean there aren't some really uh hairy moments right before the presses start (laughs) rolling like you know julio jones gets straight every year it's it's something right and i mean yeah so so what do you do what do you do in those spots like do do, do, you do you tell them like stop the presses like do you really have to tell them or do you just kind of let it roll um, like what do you you do you have a little control but basically you know the the presses are going to roll when the presses are going to (laughs) roll so when something happens you have to be ready i mean we're printing literally a million plus magazines and so it's a really big process right so and huge scheduling issues especially these days you know with workforce issues and everything so you need to be right on point. So you hope things happen at a fortuitous time. And, and again, you know, over years of doing this, you get a little better and, and narrow down your processes. And like, it's just like anything, man, you get processes in place, you have plans and contingencies and you, you know, you know, if something's going to happen, what the task is, you got to locate that person in all the spots in the magazine, make the adjustments, do the things. And, and so, but it's imperfect because right? it is a snapshot oh, yeah. in time. So you just kind of acknowledge that going in. And I mean, most people have come to the understanding and, you know, I, I mean, I'll admit when I first started doing this, I thought, wow, this looks like I'm getting into kind of a sunset industry. And that was in the early nineties. And yet the sun has not set. And and people still love to have uh, something in their hand, whether, you know, I'm not saying they take it to the draft or whatever, uh, but you know, they like to sit on the beach or go on vacation or fly no, in a plane or whatever, they like to have something mm-hmm. in their hand to read. And that's, you know, and we've kind of made the adjustments over time. Like I said, the, you know, the articles are more evergreen, more strategy focused, you know, things that, things that you could, you know, you can use that aren't necessarily going to have an expiration date with the start of the season. I mean, plenty of that content in there is going to have an expiration date, but we, we, we work on that. People have been telling me since 2010 that, that radio is like a, is like a sunsetting industry, you know, and it's just like because podcasts and vi- you know small video content and all the rest of this, and it just it turns out that the radio numbers are just as good or better, you know. It's it's just uh, I think people get used to like like you said, people get used to a certain format, they get used to a certain way 
that they just enjoy things being presented right. and that those things die hard with people, man. Those new, little things new ways of consumption don't necessarily mean yeah. the demise of the old ways of consumption. It just means more consumption. And I right. think that's what the NFL is finding as they spread out their broadcast packages and, you know, they still have the networks yet. Most of us don't watch network TV, you know, on the regular right. basis and things like that. So, I mean, I get that. And, you know, and look at the website. We make the adjustments just like you guys have. There's more video content, more audio content, more digestible bits of content that, you know, people can grab on the fly. And you kind of offer the wide range of things. So, you know, I think the magazines for us are are, are a part, a big part of the picture for us, but just part of the picture. All right. Well, we we, we got to get some real some real big pieces of the picture here as far as fantasy from from the great Bob Harris, if, if we have him on. So, uh now that people have gotten their gotten the addendum here about the magazine industry, we 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 got to talk about some of these players. So yeah, risers and fallers. So what I did was I sent you a list last night, Bob, of um, players who, whenever I looked at the ADPs on underdog prior to, because like the ADPs uh, have been completely redone because all of the pre-draft NFL contests were sort of considered their own entity right and those things are done now and so now there's the post nfl draft stuff where they've started a best ball mania and everything and there's been like 2000 drafts and some of the drafts that were from you know from february to you know uh, to until the draft when only sickos like us were kind of playing those had you know those had trailing data from stuff from even before free agency stuff certainly before the draft and so some of these dudes just their adps are wildly different so let's just talk about some of the risers then we'll talk about some of the fallers. The biggest riser of all, Albert Okui Boonham um, of the of the Denver Broncos. If you look at where he was taken before, and of course this has everything to do with the Russell Wilson trade, Noah Fant being gone, all the rest of it. But still, his ADP, even as things shifted with people, you know, getting on board with him and beginning to realize, like, hey, this is the number one, <laughs> this is the number one tight end in a Russell Wilson offense. His ADP for basically February through the draft was 234.3. It's now up at 128.8. That's his jump of 105.5 spots of ADP. What are your thoughts about Albert O? I mean, I mean, do you like him? Are we get at this point? Are we out over our skis on him? Because pick 120, what did I say? Pick 128. You're looking. So 10 round, 10 to 11. Right. Yes. You know, I mean, and like, I think that's a fair price for him. I, you know, Greg Dulcich, we all, we all know what he is. He's more of a seam splitter, stand up, move kind of guy. Alberto plays with his hand in the dirt a lot, although he's capable of more. Um, but I, you know, so the, the draft selection, we'll see how big of an impact. I don't think Dulcich makes a, a big change to me for Alberto, but, I, but he's like on a long list of tight end twos for me, right. That, you know, depending on how the draft plays out, I'm going to have some shares of, I'm out here doing best balls and have been, you know, since February. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, so <laughs> we're sick so, people, but right? so, <laughs> so, you know, the, I mean, I have shares of him, but he's not a guy I'm actively pursuing and hasn't been, and probably won't be And you know, Dulcich coming along doesn't necessarily, you know, throw, you know, doesn't like ruin his value, but it makes him maybe slightly less interesting among that range of number two guys. And I mean, I, you know, the list is, I mean, first of all, if I don't get Mark Andrews, I quit. 
I'm not playing with you. No, uh, <laughs> no. I, you know, I like to get a top guy usually at the position. But once we get outside that top 10 or so or even eight or nine or somewhere in that range, you know, you're taking your chances with a lot of these guys. And I mean, I like Irv Smith. I like Tyler Higby. OK, David Njoku is going to have maybe more of a role this year with Austin Hooper gone. Hunter Henry, if you wanted just a touchdown dependent guy, there are a lot of players out there in that same range that I feel probably pretty much equally comfortable with. So it's more for people like me. And if you're in, you know, not in a lot of leagues, you know, I'll have, you know, triple digit best balls by the time the season rolls around, I'm going to have a share of Alberto. I'm not out there actively pursuing him. I do think it's a fair value though. I think he is, you know, like if you plant your flag on that earlier tight end that you feel comfortable with, whoever it might be, and you want to just have, you know, a guy with some potential upside. I mean, I just think the addition of Russell Wilson alone makes you feel a little better about him. And, and look, he is a good, you know, the size, the build, the profile, a good red zone weapon. And so, you know, I think there should be some interest in him, but it should not be as a tight end one. What, all right. So what about Christian Watson and Alan Lazard? Christian Watson, the rookie out of North Dakota State, that got drafted by the drafted by the Packers, maybe a little bit later than a lot of folks thought. Everybody, you know, the, all of these wide receivers going off the board so early was six in the top 20 before uh, Green Bay was even uh, you know able to pick, so they have to go where they went with the Georgia. They they went with Devontae Wyatt, I believe. Yes, uh, they they went defense, and then they come back day two, pick up Christian Watson. Uh, they also drafted Romeo Doves from Nevada a little bit later in the draft, but it, it's really been Alan Lazard and Christian Watson to move up from basically ADPs around two hundred to now ADPs. Christian Watson's going around one twenty seven, so right over there around where we talked about Alberto, Alan Lazard's going about one thirty six. Uh, do you do you have do you have thoughts on these guys like with Aaron Rodgers and stuff? Do you, like I just I, I wonder if I wonder if we I, I don't want to get too far out over our skis because you know it's like there's still I mean is, is there like going to be a Will Fuller or some kind of Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham bomb that drops on us with these guys? Just what is your read on the Green Bay Packer wide receivers? I feel like they're going to do more, and you know, and, and like even if it's full, I feel like Fuller's more likely to be a Cleveland bomb because it makes perfect sense, you know, pairing him with Watson, a guy that he has the oh, sure. chemistry with, right? Yeah. But you know. A lot of moving pieces there. Landry seems like he'd be a good piece, but I think Jarvis Landry's kind of defined himself at this point of career, what he is, more of a volume play than a, a high-end play. So, I mean, yeah, they might still make a move. I suspect they will make a move. I mean, you know, the that's a pretty narrow band on the depth chart. And so, uh, you know, I think Alan Lazard is a guy you can go back to two years ago, that kind of breakout game in New Orleans where he got the core muscle injury that then sidelined him subsequent to that. Uh, it was a huge game. I think, you know, there's something there if he gets the volume. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has never had a huge affinity for the rookies. Devontae Adams, you can go back, I think, had 70 targets or 65 targets, some of them in that range his rookie year. And, uh, but also had Jordy Nelson. And, you know, there were some other people playing there, granted. So, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I'm kind of of two thoughts. Like Christian Watson, I don't want to get too excited about but i'm kind of excited about him i like the profile <laughs> i like the height i like the speed you know, yeah that sub four four speed and, and then you think about well you know all the buzz is aaron Rodgers got to be pissed you know this is, can't be a great thing for him well maybe he's gonna say hey everybody i'm gonna make it a great thing you know mm-hmm. you know he could force a play i'm still a little more comfortable in redraft with lazard i mean you could both are, to me are essentially free score players with with a ton of upside playing with aaron Rodgers. i think just lazard based on the presence there. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, he, he's tendered, but he hasn't signed it yet. But I think once there, the deadline passes, everything's it, expected. Yes. Right. It's all, but you know, yeah. certain he'll play there. Just, uh, they got to get it finalized. So, 
Um, so I would probably rather, you know, take a shot on Lazard. I, you know, and, and Watson for dynasty, I'm, you know, how long is Aaron Rodgers going to play? If everything doesn't, you know, go swimmingly this year, do we see him anymore? I don't know. So I have concerns going forward for Watson for that reason. So I do like him. I like the profile, like uh, a lot of things about him, everything except the level of competition, you know, I think is, is something you could, there's something positive to say about Christian Watson, but I'd probably be more in on taking more chances on Lazard at this point. I, I don't think we even need to get into Leonard Fournette about why his why his outlook just changed so much. But I mean, it was there was a big big change as far as his. Uh, I mean, he's up he's up uh, so many fifty two. He's up to now twenty six overall he, off the board. He should have been in your top ten all along. Why yeah. once once he's back and once Tom Brady's back, there's no reason not to move him up in your top ten. You look at the receiving equity he had last year, expecting mm-hmm. that to change. You know, and, and I mean Rashad White, you know, is the guy that that they landed, and you know he's going to compete and he wants to be part of the picture, right? And so do Gio Bernard, and and I, I think you know I think White the the arrival of White, the only thing that does is tell me. Uh, what I already knew that Bruce Arians often speaks more glowingly of players than they deserve to be spoken of. I'm looking at you, Keyshawn Vaughn. So, uh, you know, I'm not, so I think letter Fournette. you know, as soon as I started moving him back up into my top 10 or I had him back in my top 10, as soon as he was back in Tampa, I think having that, you know, the similar role, look, he's got to stay healthy. So does everybody. I don't draft out of fear of injury. I hear a lot of buzz out there. Oh, he's not going to make it through the year. Okay. So he's not. So I have to have a plan in place. Last year, you know, maybe you you were fortunate enough to have picked up Rashad Penny, who ran for 200 more yards than every other back in the NFL down the stretch. I mean, that's how fantasy football works. Uh, the guys you draft early don't always make it the whole way. You have to be able to adjust, adapt, and overcome those moves. But going in with a piece of that offense that's the Fournette size piece, I'm very happy with that. The w- one other guy, one other guy in a similar situation. Before we talk about some fallers, James Conner was a riser because, of course, Chase Edmonds leaves. They get, they just give, they give James Conner seven million a year. Yeah, it's going to be an offense that's going to be devoid of some of its, uh, you know, some of its playmakers with DeAndre Hopkins missing some time, everything like that. And all of a sudden, we're talking about James Conner in a tier wherever, you know, if you just look how many spots he's moved up versus ADP before he's up uh, almost 50, 50 spots. He's, he's being taken in the fourth round right now. And God, I believe Bob, I mean, blink your eyes. And all of a sudden now we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott going in this same part of the part of the draft. Let, let me ask you this just for best ball. Let me just toss out some names and then you can tell me your thoughts on Connor, but I just like to get some, let me throw out some names and tell me if you, if you prefer James Connor or, or the other guy. And then I, then I can hear your thoughts on, on Connor. So James Connor or David Montgomery, uh, James Connor. Okay. James Connor or Ezekiel Elliott, uh, James Connor. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I don't even need to ask about guys like, J.K. Dobbins or no Connor is right uh, consecutive him and Fournette uh, just ahead of DeAndre Swift at the tail end of my top 10 okay Um, you know top 10 James Connor okay yeah James Connor also in my top 10 just you know we saw his work as a receiver I mean you know again we always I always say this Alex and it sounds stupid but it but it needs to be said I'm not trying to draft last year's best team but I am trying to chase the volume uh, in high-powered offenses and that's what he's getting and there's no reason to believe that's dialed back yeah you know he finished very well last year. Granted, there were injuries. Understand, we go back, we have injury concerns. If people don't know by now, I am injury agnostic. I don't care. 
right? I'm drafting Christian McCaffrey early because I want that 30 points a game as long as it's on the field. And I understand how football works and that every single player is in line to get hurt, right? It's, it's a physical violent sport, right? <laughs> yeah, you are. go into the top <laughs> 10 of the ADP right now, and I think the guys who have not been hurt are mostly second-year guys. It'd be Najee, Najee Harris and, and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I think once you get past that, everyone has either missed some time or dealt with some injury issues over the course of their career. So, you know, at least the running backs. I think you're, yeah, I think, dude, but I think you're right. Even, I mean, if you're, you're you're right. Even looking at the wide receivers, Cooper cup has dealt with injury issues. Because Chubb has, and then Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are both at least year one or second year year two guys. Right. So that's, you know, to me, that's something that we overplay. Like it's just a fear in our mind. And I get why we have that fear. And I, but, but the answer to that fear is roster construction. It's not, not drafting great players because you're scared they're going to get hurt. It's mitigating against the risk of them getting hurt, and you should do that in all cases. And, and if you feel like a player's risky at the high end at a certain position, then you build less risk into the rest of that position. You can have a risky, riskless roster with risky players on it, right? Because right. every player is at risk. So just you know, get that out of the way there. But, but in Connor's case, again, you're looking for high-volume players. And this is the double-edged sword of fantasy football, Alex. I need players getting high volume to succeed in this game. Also, high volume can lead to injuries because yeah. you're uh, you're in line for so you you just have to be prepared to deal with that. And so you know, in Connor's case, I'm not sure if I'm drafting a handcuff there, but you can don't necessarily need a handcuff in every case. You can just add depth at a position. And also, the waiver wire is essential in this. And I could go back and read you off the list of players dating back to you know 1999. I could go back to Nick Goings and. Carolina I mean every year there's a player wins somebody a championship that nobody drafted and that player is almost always a running back so you know again I mentioned last year Rashad Penny I mean we could go back over time and I could reel off one pretty much annually so so that's part of the game but you need guys with volume to get it done James Conner Leonard Fournette both even though we know that there are risks associated with them uh, I think are well deserved to be in the top 10 and I'm drafting them that way. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to have mitigated the risk by having some good depth at that position. The, the, and the, the thing about best ball, we don't have, we don't have waiver wires in best ball, nope. but we do, but what we do have is in best ball mania, we have 20, deeper. we get 20 picks. So, right. you, you know, deeper rosters and you right. have to add depth and that's the thing, add depth. And, and in best ball, I mean, handcuffing to me, getting a running back, getting a team running back is, is is never a horrible strategy, especially if you're concerned about the high end guy. Yeah, and well, and if you want, and if you wanted to do that with Connor, you get Eno Benjamin or Keontae Ingram for free. absolute free at the at, at your at your twentieth round pick. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Doctors take Field of Greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you, too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take Field of Greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
Um, okay, so talking talking about guys that are getting cheaper uh, over now that we have the best ball mania ADPs. Again, go to Underdog Fantasy, use promo code ROSTER, get 100% deposit bonus up to $100. $100. Um, Michael Carter has fallen 31 spots now. Um, he was he was his ADP was at about 66. Now it's at maybe 32 spots because now it's at 98. And this obviously has to do with Breeze Hall being front of mind with everybody sure. at that discounted price. Do you have any interest in Michael Carter or or, or are you out? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm never out on, you know, on a back <laughs> with a roll. Look, Breeze Hall comes in. They didn't move up to get him the draft and he's not the profile of a of a, of a halftime or a timeshare. It's going to be a contributing role for Carter. But we've seen him in a timeshares before as a contributor in college with uh, John Williams. And 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 he and he was he was a thousand yard rusher in that. But one of his you know one of the things he does well, Carter, is he's a big play threat, right? He can break them off. I think his final year college, he had more uh, explosive plays, twenty plus yards. I think he had over twenty of those. So he's still capable. And if the price is right, and that's another thing about me, I am old and mean and cheap. And <laughs> when the price is right, I'm not afraid to buy a player. And and again, you know, best ball, it's a little different story you're not out there and may able to make the adjustments but so you have to do it in your draft but keep that in mind uh but there's something to be said for getting a, a player on your roster at the right price who's going to avoid get, getting you a zero any given week and i think in ppr formats that's a fair guess for michael carter this stuff about Kadarius tony doesn't really jive that well i don't i mean do you understand why he would have fallen 23 spots is it just be is it just because there's been the trade rumors and the instability there but you know people think like oh, i mean if the giants want to trade him maybe there's something smells flake fishy. factor flake yeah. factor i think you know i mean look we'll probably forget all about that with you know one good showing in the preseason yeah. you know, i think <laughs> i mean there's a ton of upside there uh, you know I think the draft, uh, you know, made people feel a little wonky too, uh, you know, or at least some level of concern that may like maybe they're maybe they have a concern uh, about his, you know, about his long term future. But I mean, you know, I don't know if Wondell Robinson, you know, moves the needle for you much, you know, in joining this offense, but, you know, kind of a similar kind of player. Right. I'm, you know, I don't want to say gadget player because that seems like rude, but but, you know, just, to, you know. A, a little, not like yeah, a, a kind of, he's a little bit gadgety i mean they're both right. a little gadgety right <laughs> so, so but, but but you can see tony actually emerging as a wide receiver one at some point or at least getting used in that role and so uh so we'll see i mean i i think that's a, a little more precipitous fall than is necessary but then again i think if i went and looked at my shares right now i would not have a lot of Kadarius tony I here's one. What about Tyler Lockett? I mean, we've loved him for so long in fantasy uh, dynasty. I mean, Bob, I, I mean, I've been on your show talking about Tyler Lockett's senior bowl, you know, like it's like, and now all of a sudden we look up Tyler Lockett is going to be, um, let's see, how old is Tyler Lockett going to be? I, I'll probably have it right. I think he's going to be to either 29 or 30. Trade him to green Bay before 30. he expires. Yeah, there we go. 30. He's, he's, he's going to be 30 this year. That quarterback situation just looks terrible. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, just either going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Pete Carroll last night said that they're not, you know, they're not in the Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield sweepstakes. They're like right. they're rolling with who they got. And so, to me, even as even as the ADP for him is really falling off from he was at forty six, now he's being taken right around pick sixty seven. So that's pick six point zero seven. To me, I just get there around Tyler Lockett, and I just there are just other guys 
who right, I just right, who yeah. I would just rather have. I mean, exactly. I, I can I, I keep finding other guys I can just kind of squint and I can talk myself <laughs> into. Exactly. You're driving down the road, there's a pothole, you drive around it, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they're, they're, it's not like it's not impossible. And I think, you know, there are players who when they fall, for me, I'll sit there, I'll say, wow, that player like sticks out. Like I have to land that player. You know, he's with he's in a tier now where there's nobody. In Lockett's case, I don't feel like that. I feel like there are many lanes, many avenues for me to swerve around that pothole and mm-hmm. feel pretty good about the player I pick. So that's what I've been doing. I also probably think I have zero shares of him. I kind of feel the same about DK Metcalf in the range he's going at. He hasn't really fallen much or, you know, he's fallen. He's a little off from last year, but hasn't fallen in response to this news, which is interesting. And maybe that's something we see closer uh, to the start of the season where, I mean, every minute by minute tidbit, you know, causes a fluctuation in ADP because we're, you know, we're like the fish, you know, the the shiny new thing comes in the water and we all go chase it real quick. (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, I'm surprised that I haven't seen him fall lower, but also I, you know, I see a lot of players in that same range that I can, I can pivot to. He's a great player and, you know, you hate to not have uh, talent exploited to the degree it can be. Uh, Seattle seems, I mean, all this is telling me is draft Kenny Walker, please. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's where that's what the the everything is being signaled from Pete Carroll's, uh, you know, long history of wanting to run and play defense to uh, to the quarterback situation. We filled in for Ratcliffe today on his on his show on the on the channel. I guess he's out of town. A, a bad week for Ratcliffe to be out of town with how much he loves talking about horse racing and stuff. People are asking, maybe he's at the horse race. Where are the Kentucky Derby picks? I'm like, I don't I don't know about Kentucky Derby picks, man. I only have so much space here in this rattle, rattling around in my brain. Um, but yeah, we, we were talking about say people were saying they people were saying that they feel weird about taking Kenneth Walker and Dynasty. Some callers, I'm just like, dude, you should be happy. To be taking, you should be excited to take Kenneth Walker at the 1.02 in your dynasty rookie draft. Yep, I agree. Um, um, all right, so uh, one final one, and I'd be, I'm really interested in this. Do you, what about Amon Ross St. Brown? Um, do, he's fallen now, uh, a pretty, a pretty big fall, especially considering where where he was going, because where he was going before was uh, at at 50, at right at 50. Now he's looking, I mean, so a fall even, it's been 14 spots to fall, but that feels kind of substantial at that point in the draft. You're talking basically a fourth, fifth round turn type of guy. Now a guy that's being taken in the sixth, you know, it's a, it's a full round plus. Um, do you think it's an overreaction? Because now the Lions, they drafted Jamison Williams, but Jamison Williams is probably going to start the season on the pup list. Um uh, do you think that Jane, do you think that I'm on Ross St. Brown's emergence? I don't know. You can call it an emer- explosion, explosion onto the right. scene. Do you, exactly do, you think, right. do you think, do you think that that just had to do less with Amon Ross St. Brown being good and more with the fact that he just didn't have any target competition? And do you think it's fair that he's fallen so much? Do you like him more in the sixth round or would, or do you still think that <clears> that previous price as far as ADP is, is correct? Everything you just said is exactly correct. Uh, the, 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 I'm a little more interested now that the price is dropping a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm I'm St. Brown skeptical. You know, it's I mean, I don't want to go that far. But but that did seem like a pretty epic run there. And, you know, no T.J. Hawkinson. And and so, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there just wasn't a lot around. And, and, you know, like my hopes aren't high for D.J. Chark. I mean, I don't know what to expect from him. But we've seen him play pretty well at times. And Josh Reynolds is still there. He has some established chemistry with uh, Jared Goff dating back to their time in Los Angeles. So, uh, so I'm, you know, 
I think, again, one of the keys here, not drafting last year's best team, Amon Ross St. Brown, I wonder if he, how sustainable that that level of play was. Not that he's not a good player and going to continue to be a good player, but just I don't want to pay for the ceiling. I want to pay a little cheaper price, and I think we're that's where we're, we're getting there now. Well, he's coming down a little bit, and I'll, I'll, I'll have more shares at this price than I did at the previous price. Okay, so there are a couple couple more questions that i got to ask here, Bob. I'm, I'm very mindful of your time. But one thing I need to get out is just an off-topic question. Now that you lived in Texas and New Mexico, um, I, I, I need to know the Mexican food. Where is it better, Texas or, or New Mexico? Neither. It's better in Arizona. I was born in Tucson. The Sonoran Mexican oh, food is what you want to have. That's the ideal. Why is uh, it better? I've been there. I think I've had the Mexican oh, food. Fantastic. Like, it was fantastic. like, it's like the burritos were like fried. It's hotter. They? they do chimichangas there, but you can get regular burritos also. Chimichangas is the fried burrito, but um, it, it's, uh, it's a little hotter. Uh, you know, I think that's been my complaint about the Texas Mexican food is it seems a little watered down to me uh, in terms of the spice and uh, some of the flavors. So, so is it less peppers? Uh, yeah, they use a lot more like jalapenos, serranos, and as well in the in the Sonoran Mexican food. And look, like I'm also a fan of the hold Mexican on, on. city wait, Mexican wait, food. Wait, 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 Bob, you kind of cut out. So you said that well, I, I I didn't hear. So you said that we use in Texas the jalapenos, serranos. What do you no, guys you, use? You use less. You use less of that. Yeah, there's oh. less heat uh, in, in general. It's my experience, and, and like. In New Mexico, there's a fair amount of heat with the red and the green chili, and, and I like all that. And you know, but I mean, both of them, you know, pale in comparison. If you're asking me to rank them, it would be Sonoran, New Mexican, Texas, the Tex-Mex. <laughs> I didn't even ask about Arizona. And Sonoran, I know, but, I, but I, hey, I, man, completely I, off the board. I, I love it, completely off the board. All right, great, great. Uh, I, I I I needed to get that from you. Let's just finish with these two. Um, so coming out of Coming out of the draft, coming out of free agency, let's not talk about the winners as far as the rookies or the losers as far as rookies, bad landing spots. Because we could talk about guys like, you know, the winners being guys, you know, it feels like, you know, Damian Pierce is a dude who right. obviously is getting bumped up. You know, feels like James Cook is in a really good spot right. in Buffalo. Some of the Chris, Chris, Christian Watson, right. Jalen Drake Tolbert. London. I mean, if you path the yeah. workload, Traylon Burks, whether they turn out to be the things yeah. we expect or not. I mean, they're good spots. So, but I, I want to ask you about the veterans, the salty old dogs. Mm. I, that's what I want. So, I want to know which veteran, which veteran came out of this thing in the best spot. Be, be that you know, if his team drafted good players around him, or if his team didn't draft somebody that's going to come take his job, or uh, you know, if his team didn't get to go out in free agency and do something we necessarily expected. Is there one veteran that you think came out of this thing best? Uh, you know, I, I want to say just in general, I think the, you know, just quarterbacks in general, I guess, you know, okay. uh, a lot of quarterbacks got really good players. Uh, I want to say Marquise Brown came out as a winner. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. think just a much better offense for him. Uh, I want to say, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, I know that this one, maybe I want to say AJ Brown comes out a bit of a winner, right? I mean, just, you know, the opportunity that maybe, Nick Sirianni can cobble together a passing attack that's more of a passing attack than what we saw last year, where that's not happening in Tennessee anytime soon, right? So maybe A.J. Brown comes out a little bit ahead. The running backs we mentioned, though, uh, Leonard Fournette and James Conner are the guys that, you know, leap to mind uh, among the veterans just because there was no additions to their rooms, right? There are no significant additions uh, that we expect to come in and cut 
cut in on their on their play. So I think those uh, just in general, I think, you know, quarterbacks who are in places that landed receivers, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's Zach Wilson. I mean, there's Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, you know, prior to understanding that DeAndre Hopkins was gone. But now that we know for sure DeAndre Hopkins is getting suspended. I mean, he still wins because they went out and got him a piece. And also, you know, all the foreshadowing for Kyler Murray that, you know, it's just a reminder when we get in the moments of these times of uncertainty with players. I'm looking at you, Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, we see the public portion of negotiations and the frustrations and stuff. But behind the scenes, there's lots of things going on and things are pro- hardly ever as bad behind the scenes as they are in front of the scenes. So keep that in mind. I'm hearing more about Debo Samuel that this thing looks like it's going in a good direction uh, again. So, you know, that's worth, you know, that's worth noting there. Uh, so I think mostly, though, you know, the, some of these quarterbacks, even, you know, I mean, Marcus Mariota needed a weapon. He got one. Does he can he regain, reclaim his? you know, his, uh, his spot and with, with a great opportunity. I don't know, but he's got a good, he's got a good opportunity. And they added a good piece for him to work with. Hey, let me just ask you before the, the next one. What, have, what did you do with AJ Brown in your rankings? Did you actually move him up or did you leave him in the same spot? It's pretty much a, down. No, like, it's, it's, I, I kept them the same at the moment, you know, and, and like I said, this is a, you're, you know, it's kind of a, it's a wait and it's see. A, it's a nuanced argument here, right? Yeah. Because I mean, we saw the Eagles early last year want to be more of a passing team, and then they realized that they were better off running the ball. I think Nick Sirianni's nature is he wants to throw more, and I think that's why, in part, why we saw this move. They just didn't have the downfield mm-hmm. firepower. Uh, you know, it would have been great if they had, say, a Justin Jefferson or something. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to trigger the Eagles fans, man. They're <laughs> they're tired of hearing that Jalen Rager. They sh- you know, look, and and I, you know, it is kind of a, a bit of a cheap cheap shot, but. But what do they have? I mean, you know, and I thought Devontae Smith actually played better than maybe I expected. I just don't view him as a, that true physically imposing alpha kind of receiver. Mm-hmm. I think maybe as a rec- wide receiver two playing alongside that dominant physical receiver that can maybe open some things up for him. And maybe his presence yeah, will open some things up for Brown that weren't open up for him not playing with a, a strong uh, receiver next to him. All due respect to Julio Jones. Damn, man, that is a dude. I mean, for Jalen Hurts, you got Devonte, you got Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Yep, gee whiz, and that's Dallas like, Goddard if he starts catching Goddard. football on a regular basis. Oh my God, just that's, that's one of the better that's one of the better wide receiver duos in the in the league. Um, okay, and here we go. Bob, you gotta you gotta let the hate flow through you. Which I know you're not a very hateful guy, man. Despite all that, despite all that yelling and the music that you love to listen to, the the yelling and the drum pounding and the music that you love to listen to. Um, what what about the Biggest Loser? I mean, who? Which 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 veteran just got blindsided, shellacked, knocked uh, over by this draft or by free agency? You know, everywhere where running backs showed up. I mean, if you like Rashad Petty and Michael Carter, I mean, obviously they're losers. I would say, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a loser. I mean. You know, there was no big trade. There was no big acquisition. They didn't go after any of the first round guys. And, 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 you know, it sounds like he's on board with this. I feel like he's more in cahoots this year than he has been in the past. And, and maybe it's all, he's all fine with this, or, or at least he's going to, you know, act like he's all fine with this and work hard. And, you know, maybe a chip on his shoulder is something that's going to help, help him. And he ends up a winner. Another loser is going to be Lamar Jackson. Although, you know, they have enough tight ends there to float a small battleship. Now we'll see. I mean, Charlie Kolar and Isaiah likely show up there yeah. uh, to go along with uh, the guys already on hand. And one of those guys being Mark Andrews, who is essentially the wide receiver one, but this, you know, so the reason I say he's a loser though, is not just losing a weapon. We'll see what Rashad Bateman turns into beyond that. I don't have a lot of hope for Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, maybe Duvernay. I have some dynasty shares, so I'm hopeful, but <laughs> 
But, the, you know, what What does this say? And and I know there's some – Robert Griffin III came out and said maybe that, you know, he, he, he wasn't a fan of Greg Roman. I think generally you're saying you're not a fan of the scheme. If you're not a fan of the scheme, then you're not a fan of Lamar Jackson. He's the scheme. That's what that offense is built around. So if your teammates don't like what you make the offense do, maybe you come out a little short in this draft. So I think he might be one of the bigger losers. Although, look, he's going to win in the end. He's getting paid pretty soon once he decides he wants to get paid. And 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 I and I'm not against the way they built this team around him. And I'm not against the production I get from the players involved in that scheme. So, you know, maybe this is more of an individual thing for Marquise Brown, but just, you know, losing a player of that caliber uh, is, and I want to, you know, just acknowledge, I mean, I think my buddy Lawrence Jackson was mentioning this the other night, you know, when you, when the year he won the MVP, I mean, Marquise Brown caught like 91 passes. It wasn't like he was like a superstar player, right? He was a good component, but maybe they can get that out of some of the other pieces there. Most likely Rashad Bateman is their expectation. He's a first round pick, so maybe they can get something out of him. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 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 